It's the Stupid Sexy Podcast. With me, your host, Chris O'Mealy, and my partner, Dan Peck. Oh, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. That's right, guys. This is us reviewing every Simpsons ever on this Simpsons-themed podcast. You know, because Stupid Sexy Podcast could be a lot of things, not just Simpsons. Stupid Sexy Podcast. Well, Dan, we've reviewed the Christmas special. Now it's time to review the first official episode as promoted by Fox. The Christmas episode was still considered a special. So even though this is episode two, this is the first official episode of The Simpsons. Second produced, second written. Of course, the Christmas special we know was supposed to be 7th or 8th, and Some Enchanted Evening was supposed to be 1st, but this is officially the start of The Simpsons. Ah, the real folk blues. <laughs> now, I don't know if this is, like, my very first Simpsons episode. I don't think it is. But I do have, this is one of those episodes where I have some of my earliest memories of being a Simpsons fan came out of well yeah the quijibo yeah exactly so this is uh this is definitely going to be one of those episodes when we discuss it it's going to be like yep this is taking me right back to when i first became a simpsons fan it's even if it what i wasn't seeing it when it aired it's one of the early ones so yes this is bart the genius the original air date was january 14th 1990 and how does the episode start, Dan? We get the intro for the first time. And not just any old intro, the season one intro that only aired for this season. That's sort of slightly different from the main one. Well, I mean, definitely there's like the group shot where everyone just looks awful. <laughs> Generic and awful. They, they run to the bus stop or whatever, that part. Or yeah. it's just like, oh, that they changed that because they got better at doing the art. <laughs> they also had characters to actually put in there. Because a lot of the characters on yeah. the sidewalk in the syndicated intro are... There's uh, there's Bleeding Gums Murphy and Jacques and Chief Wiggum. The Chief Wiggum didn't even exist yet, so... This is... Uh, yeah, they just had some generic, very hideous-looking people. And Bart steals a bus sign and the bus passes them. So they run to the next stop. But they still had most of the same stuff in there. Lisa still does the, the saxophone solo. Homer still gets the uh, the radioactive rod. He throws out the car window. So there's there's differences. Or still has but... to pay for Maggie while getting groceries. Yes, because she's too busy reading a <laughs> magazine. Advertising uh, Frosted Krusty Flakes. By the way, if you actually look at the part where Bart passes the windows full of TVs, the uh, the crusty that they drew on there is just awful. It's basically based on the Tracy Ullman crusty, but not even that good. <laughs> it's terrible. Of course, those were all just because he he used to do uh, cartoons and comic strips with rabbit characters. Yes, life and hell. And these were just like, hey, why don't you draw one of your rabbit characters, get rid of the ears, and they can be humans. And that's exactly what he did, which is why <laughs> you can look at his rabbit creations and be like, oh, that's totally a Simpsons character. That's totally Fry, because he even got the same nose and everything. 
Except for he's got ears on, on top of his head. <laughs> I think the only other difference that I noticed is uh, when Homer clocks out for work, the guy in in the new intro, it's Mr. Burns checking his watch. But in this one, it's a guy using the, uh, the, the tongs to handle the radioactive material. He's using it to eat a sandwich. It's probably the only real difference I noticed. We also get two mainstay gags on The Simpsons in the intro. Obviously, we have the chalkboard gag and the couch gag. Two staples in every episode. The chalkboard gag is simple. I will not waste chalk. Ironic, because of how many times he's writing it on the board. And your couch gag, which is your first official couch gag, and we'll, we'll talk about this when we get to that episode later, but they pop in on the couch, Bart flies off, and doesn't come back down until the transition where we're looking at the TV. One of the few couch gags that, when it cuts to the TV, actually has something happen. So that's, that's kind of cool, too, for the early stuff. And yes, as Dan mentioned, Marge has to pay for Maggie. Do you know how much Maggie costs? Uh, have no fears. We've got trivia trivia for years. Yeah, uh, it's about eight hundred and forty-seven dollars, which was the cost of raising a child during that time period. Yes, eight forty-seven sixty-three to be precise. Although there's a. Uh, there's funny trivia about that when we get to what does the cash register actually say? We'll get to that in a future episode. So let's talk about Bart the Genius, the actual episode, and not just the intro. So the family is sitting down to a night of playing Scrabble because Bart's got a big aptitude test the next day. So they're trying to build his verbal skills just in time. And uh, everybody is awful. Oh, yeah, it's all two- and three-letter words. It's like the, he, do. Lisa's the only one who actually comes up with a decent two-letter word. And Homer doesn't think it's a word at all. No, id? No, that's an abbreviation. No abbreviations. Not id, id. Along with the ego and the superego. I remember learning about oh, that Oh, yeah, stuff. and like the freaking thing. Get, get the dictionary to see if it's a word. And then let the person that played the the suspicious word tell you the definition yep. of the word. That's not how that works. No, actually, the official rule is I think oh, you peer have to, review there. I think the official rule is you can make the challenge, and then you look it up in the dictionary. And if it's not there, then they take the word back. I think they even lose it. Considering our dictionaries but... from like the seventies, maybe. They actually do publish updated Scrabble dictionaries, which they need to because new words get invented all the time. You know, blog is now a registered word. Like YOLO swag. Oh, God. Well, I do know words with friends accepted Bay, B-A-A, and I was really mad when I realized it accepted it. But I used it because those were the only letters I had at the time. I haven't played words. Well, what can I make a word out of these ones? Oxidize. <laughs> Oxidize. That's the best. That's the best. Oh, these letters are so lousy. Ooh, ooh, I know. Do. <laughs> He's so excited about that. Did you also Someone notice. the best at, at Scrabble when she massacre us. Oh, yeah. I always had a. Oh, the least intelligent of the family. Well, the other. She murders us in that. <laughs> it's not just so much about. Uh knowing words it's it's a combination of both spelling them 
and also scoring points on the board. That's the other thing. You got to make sure you can get your stuff in the right position. You know, you got to you got to get that cue on the triple letter score. That's where the the hard stuff comes in. By the way, did you notice that Maggie was also playing Scrabble herself? Yes. E M C S Q U. Because we we know in future episodes Maggie has signs of brilliance as a Simpsons woman. Because Simpsons women end up smart. It's the men who are the dumb, the dummies. But uh, Bart has the game-winning word, right, Dan? <laughs> uh, Kujibo. Yeah. K-W-Y-J-I-B-O. Kujibo. <laughs> Wait a minute, you little smartass. You're not leaving until you tell me what a Kujibo is. Oh, uh, it's a big, dumb, balding North American ape with no chin. And then Marge actually piles on. Because <laughs> she picks up the... Short temper. <laughs> she picks up that Bart's describing Homer. Oh, <laughs> uh, we didn't mention this. Why you little... Yeah, why you little... Uh-oh, Quidgybo on the loose. Also, we didn't mention that uh, the dictionary comes out of the... Is balancing the couch. That's the short leg... Oh, God. Now, here's an interesting animation tidbit I learned from IMDb. The, uh, one of the problems was the banana was colored incorrectly because the Korean animators didn't know what a banana was. So that's why it looks brown. It looks like Homer's eating an old banana. I just figured it was old. No, it's, uh, it, that, that's the Koreans' fault that Homer's got an old banana. <coughs> so... Yeah, Bart's supposed to prepare for this uh, aptitude test. So, of course, he's really preparing the next day when he's spray-painting graffiti of Skinner on the brick wall with the I Am the Wiener. wiener. And Skinner's wearing purple, by the way. He's not in his traditional blue yet. He's got purple on. I also noticed Milhouse has black hair. Yes, Milhouse has black hair. There's a couple of uh, animation choices that we'll we'll get onto when we uh, move on. But yeah, so of course, here comes Skinner, and Martin is tattling on the boys because Martin... My fellow children is defacing property. So Martin is pretty much insufferable in this episode. Like, he becomes an interesting character later on, but my god. He is just a little piece of shit, this episode. So, like, I know that was always one of the big, the big stereotypes in school was the bully is always beat up the smart kids and the tattletale kids and everything, and, like, as somebody who was bullied at points in school, it's always like, man, I always felt bad for those kids because they didn't do anything wrong. But in this case, you're kind of like, someone needs to kick this kid's ass. So Skinner sees the artwork, and, of course, Martin's piling on, too. Oh, look, they don't even spell Wiener correctly. It's supposed to be W-I-E. Although, W-E-I is acceptable in various ethnic cultures. And, of course, Skinner's just going along with it because that's the the principal's pet, the teacher's pet. But uh, time to check the the hands, and he literally catches Bart red-handed. Thanks, Martin. (laughs) You might say you caught him red-handed. All right, Bart, you and I are going to have a little talk. Same time, same place. So, of course, now, here we go. 
Time for the aptitude test, and Martin attempts to apologize, and Bart delivers number one catchphrase from Bart Simpson for the first time ever. Dan, what does he tell him? Eat my shorts? <laughs> yes, eat all of our shirts. <laughs> first time we ever hear eat my shorts. So, Mrs. Krabappel starts handing out the tests, and Martin just keeps piling on. Oh, Bart's supposed to face the window so he can't cheat. Just like, oh god, this kid just will not stop. And Bart does the same thing I would do when I would take tests or have to concentrate on something. This is why I was a lousy test taker in school. I like to talk stuff out loud. It helps me kind of visualize stuff and concentrate. Like, I do that at my job now if I have to, if I'm counting stuff, if I'm counting product or doing inventory, I always do it out loud. It's just, it's a concentration thing. So, I mean, I understand that Bart has to get shushed during it, but I kind of feel bad for him because, like, that's how I would be better at testing if I was allowed to work stuff out by talking it out. Nowadays, if you, you're like that, they, they would eventually realize it and then, sequester you somewhere else so you don't disturb anybody else, but you get to take the test your way. Yeah, exactly. I, I bet p- kids would be a lot better at it. You know, just remove any devices where they can't cheat, and just it's just them and the test secluded, but they could probably do better. Did you also notice that the IQ test does not allow number two pencils? <laughs> it was written on the board. Makes me wonder what the hell they were using. Number three pencils? I mean, number one and number three pencils existed. We just never used them. So there was like a store in the mall in Syracuse where they would have they had like a, a a thing of number one pencils. Those suckers were so smooth. Yeah, <laughs> but you couldn't use them for the Scantron tests because the Scantrons couldn't read them. <clears throat> Which kind of looks like that's what they were taking when Bart starts Scantron, Pennsylvania been there electric city been there tons of times actually so bart does the uh the math problem in his head while he's visualizing it which is actually a pretty clever way to figure out the math problem until he gets it gets too much for him and all those Those kind of questions are just like no i'm out yeah (laughs) my favorite is the is the uh oh is it was that a vincent price impression that they were doing for the train conductor or uh or uh, Peter, oh god, I can't remember his name. Do you have your ticket, please? Come with me, boy. That's what it sounds like. There's another actor I might be mixing that up with, but yeah. And then, of course, Martin is the the engineer on the train. Bart just has too much in his, his own visualization of two trains colliding. Caused him to fall out of his chair. And Krabappel, as she's scolding him, you're distracting the other kids. Martin's like, oh, not me. I'm done, man. Can Can I go outside and read a book? Oh, boy, sleep. That's where I'm a Viking. Yeah, and of course, Martin, the worst part is when Martin gets outside and he's sticking his tongue out of Bart. You're just like, oh, what an asshole. He knows he's being an asshole now. But his distraction is the perfect opportunity for Bart because when Krabappel gets distracted... Bart switches the test papers. Now his name. The names and changes the names. And then just fills his out however he wants to. So, Bart's in the principal's office 
for his graffiti act. Here come the parents. And during the, uh, <laughs> the best is when they're like, it's going to cost $75 in damages. And Homer's like, my wife thinks you want me to pay for that. Well, yes, that's the idea. And he just glares at Bart as he pulls out his checkbook. At the same time, he's like, now, this isn't the first time. And Bart comes back with these lousy excuses, obviously written by him. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he sees the, the signature is so poor. So now I'm almost kind of wondering if Bart learned how to forge his dad's signature because it was just that easy. I mean, if you had a super generic signature, too, I bet anybody could forge it. So, they're interrupted by Dr. J. Lauren Pryor, who is the school psychiatrist. And, fun trivia fact, this was an early design for Principal Skinner. But, uh, the current Skinner was based on several teachers and a principal that Matt Groening knew, as well as the principal, straight out of Life in Hell. So there you go, another... Life in Hell reference that comes in is how we got the design for Seymour Skinner. So why is Dr. Pryor here? Well, because Bart is actually gifted, because that's what his aptitude test says. He has an IQ of 905. Uh, no, you're holding it upside down. Oh. Oh, 216. Homer's, like, so disappointed by that. 216's, like, yeah, a no, really... That's still really high. <laughs> that's, a, that's a ridiculously high IQ. And he asks him all those questions. Are you bored? Do you ever feel like you could just, you need to just do whatever you want? And he's like, oh man, you're reading my mind, doc. The best part is that Skinner's just like, we need to give him another test. And he's like, no, we need to move him to another school. Oh, even better. <laughs> That's all it took to get Skinner on board with Bart's, with Bart's genius. Was that he gets to get rid of him. Goodbye. And yeah, so Homer and Marge walked into a meeting with their kid in trouble, and now they realize, oh, he's gifted. This is why. So, and the school, the school does sound uh, pretty promising. If a school like that actually existed, I mean, if you if you got into something like that, even if you didn't deserve it, you'd jump all over it. Then that school ends up being not like they described. Not at all. <clears throat> I think but, if, this, uh, if this was a modern episode, we would have Martin going to remedial classes. Ah, I'm glad at, you at points. So I'm glad you brought that up. In the original script, there was a scene where Dr. Pryor was talking to Martin's parents and saying that he needed to go to a school for mentally retarded children. Yeah. That did not make the final cut. Uh, I think they would have swapped one of the at the school scenes for a Martin. Yeah. Struggling through coloring class. <laughs> that would have been really funny. I mean, that probably would have gotten this episode banned in today's culture, but it would have been pretty funny. So, yep, it's time for Bart's. Oh, first... I just don't call him a retard. Just be like, hey, we have to, you know. Well, they do. They do that with the. Uh, when they move to, uh, is it, uh, it's the Cypress Creek episode. Yeah. They put Bart in a remedial class because they realize just how dumb his fourth grade education is in Springfield. It's like they're using like circles of paper and everything. So Bart's first day at this new school. And of course, 
Marge is trying to get him to eat a nutritious breakfast, and he's sticking with the crusty flakes. And Homer wants Lisa to eat them too, because maybe maybe we'll have two geniuses in the family. And Lisa's just like, "Yeah, you're a dimwit." Yeah, well, this dimwit's on Easy Street. The enriched, or so he thought. <laughs> the enriched learning center for gifted children, which is a hell of a name, rolls right off the tongue. So, of course, the best part is they realize all the kids are wearing ties, so Homer gives Bart his tie, and he's like, I'm going to show you how to put on a tie. You put the clip here, and these things go in the inside. <laughs> so Bart learned how to do a clip-on tie. Hey, man, don't mock clip-on ties. Cops wear them. Yep. Good old clip-on ties. I have to, because if somebody's fucking with them and grabs it, it just detaches. So... Marsha Wallace also does the voice of Miss Mellon, who is the teacher for this gifted school. Uh, her name is spelled wrong in the credits, by the way. It's M-A-R-S-H-A is how they spelled it when it's M-A-R-C-I-A. Only time that ever happened, they actually fixed it for syndication. So naturally, they uh... – yeah, well, they also did the same thing with the intro. <laughs> They fixed a lot of stuff for syndication. <clears throat> so, yeah, um, this is Ms. Mellon. And she does make other appearances as a, uh, a background character. But this is really... Yeah, this is really not going to be a, uh, a character you're going to get to know very well. She's basically a, uh, a background character from here on out. In you know, in Bart's inner child, Homer the Smithers, Marge versus the Monorail, she's there, but she's a she's a filler character. So here's one of our first examples of a filler character to f- shore out those crowd scenes when we get them. But yeah, everything does seem too good to be true. Take a nap, read a book. They throw the comic book in the trash, which, by the way, that's BS because comic books should not be associated with uh, with uneducation. Unfortunately, it was until, like, 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, now comic books are super mainstream and everybody's into them. But, yeah, I was never a comic book kid, but I was smart enough to know that, like, comic books didn't make you dumb. In fact, one of the big stereotypes is that a lot of smart nerds read comic books. It's one of the main plot lines on the Big Bang Theory. They're all into comic books. They're huge comic book collectors. And they got all the rare issues, too. Man, like, Watchmen is one of the most intellectual things I've ever read. And there you go. And it's a graphic novel. Dude, I got the uh, the Jim Cornette story, the Mid-South stories and everything. He, he made it because he's such a comic book fan. He made it as a graphic novel. So you get to read the stories, but you get to see them illustrated in front of you. Yeah, so I don't want to hear. There's no bashing about comic books. It was an early 90s trope thing and probably even before that, but... It's definitely something they try to associate negatively, and I'm not feeling it. But yeah, time to discover your desks, kids. So let's talk about paradoxes, great paradoxes in life. Well, the smartest kid is also the quietest. Uh, Bart, do you have an example of a paradox in our life? Well, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Well, I mean, I guess that's a paradox. It's like the biggest paradox, dude. That's like that was actually brilliant. (laughs) 
But of course, the brilliant thing he does the episode. <laughs> but of course, the uh, the kids get suspicious that uh, Bart's not as smart, so they um. <clears throat> Yeah, we'll give you a thousand pika liters for four gills worth. Uh, okay, anything you say, Bart. Weight on the moon versus the weight on Mars of mine. And then he just gives up afterwards. And uh, But he's just chilling in his room now, reading comic books, and even Homer's just like, oh, yeah, maybe this is what made you smart. He's like, now, here comes a Tracy Ullman throwback. Let's all go out for frosty chocolate milkshakes. Which is one of the big Tracy Ullman gags with Homer. But then Marge is just like, oh, well, since you're so smart now, I got us tickets to the opera tonight to nurture the brain. Homer's like, oh, it's okay, Bart. Just go and have a good time. No, Homer, you're coming too. <laughs> so here's a good question. How the hell did Marge, on the day of, just casually get box seats to an opera? Springfield. <laughs> Springfield, exactly. The opera must not be that popular. Also, operas, there, operas are always associated as being like an intelligent and sophisticated thing. But they're really just a play with a lot of singing. Is really all an opera is. It's a lot of singing in a different language. Yeah. So. I think war and fucking. Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> one of the fun early tropes with Lisa is even though she's, you know, supposed to be the more sophisticated, mature, intelligent Simpson, there's a lot of cases, especially in early seasons, with her just going along with the the more immature she's a stuff. She's having fun, right? Yeah, because even though she's super smart, she's still eight. So, yeah, of course she's going to laugh when Bart and Homer are goofing off because they're bored. I mean, there are cases where her and Marge are simultaneously embarrassed by the guys, but this is one of those cases where she's going along with it. You know, like we'll talk about in future episodes, she still laughs at Itchy and Scratchy, despite her being a vegetarian, so. Still a thing. And those are animals being the way they are with, the, with each other. Well, Bart's really starting to go downhill now, because now they do a complicated calculus problem that has a, a funny punchline, and Bart just doesn't get it, because he's just... That's a very funny punchline. Actually, it's pretty funny. R D R R. Do you get it, Bart? Oh, R D R R. And just like anybody else, once you're shunned by one group, you're shunned by the old one because he sees Richard Lewis and Milhouse shooting marbles, and they don't want anything to do with him because now he's a big nerd, a Poindexter, and he's he's a brainiac. And they so yeah, so he can't fit in with his new class, and his old class is shunning him. And Bart's just yeah, he's just he's done now. He wants to confess, but, you know, Homer's, uh... He's actually getting close with his father. Yeah, because Homer's super into this. Which, this is a kind of an interesting thing, too. It almost makes you wonder why, if Homer's so loving of his son being intelligent, why he's not closer to Lisa. Because, you know, it's almost like he hates stupidity and She's loves intelligence. Girl. Well, they also can't really relate because they are on different wavelengths. But uh, they blow off the film festival. Again, Marge just happens to get tickets to a Swedish film festival the day of. <laughs> At Springs, in Springfield. In Springfield. 
But they blow it off to play catch, getting nice and close, and then Bart just, he just doesn't confess to Homer. He can't do it. He can't do it. But it all culminates the next day when Bart is mixing mixing chemicals in chemistry. And uh, now asses and bases don't do what happens here, but I think they did that on purpose because they didn't want kids to go out and actually try it. (laughs) So if you actually do mix an acid and a base, you pretty much just get water. (laughs) So odds are, (laughs) if kids decided to duplicate this, they would just get a really wet experiment. But in this case, everything explodes and everyone's covered in green goo. And Bart basically looks like the Hulk now. So, Dr. Pryor... Homer looks like a Hulk in a later episode. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. A much later episode. That's a good one. So, Dr. Pryor wants to know what's going on with Bart. I mean, this guy's into Bart, too, because he's got his picture the same level as Einstein. It's like the story that I heard about... uh, about people in the South having the Rock and Roll Express's photo on the wall at the same level as Jesus. Because that's how much they were respected. That was, uh, what's-his-face with the black folk in Memphis? Oh, yeah. Junkyard Dog? Sputnik. Sputnik Monroe. Oh, Sputnik Monroe. Well, JYD was Because he would be too. like, why are... Because he, he hated the, um, the, the segregation of seating. Segregation of seating. He's like, no, dude, they're my biggest fans. They deserve to be able to see me. Yeah. And that made them love him more. Yeah. Sorry, guys, we're wrestling people. You know this because we do Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk, so wrestling references are going to sneak into these podcasts. Uh, no apologies. There's, like, there's three pictures in every in every African-American family's house in Memphis in this. Jesus Christ, Martin Luther King Jr., and Sputnik Monroe. So true. So Dr. Pryor wants to figure out what's going on here. And he's just like, what can we do to help? And Bart's like, I want to go back to my old class. You're too smart for even these people. (laughs) Yeah. So now, now why? Well, uh, maybe I can go undercover, study regular kids and see what makes them tick. He's like, okay, well, write up your proposal. And Bart's trying and trying and he just, he can't confess. He finally has enough and he's just like, no, I am a regular dung kid. I switched my test papers. And when Dr. Pryor comes back and reads, he's just like, oh, well, you know, you uh, misspelled confession. Spelled confession. <laughs> so, so how do you think he misspelled confession? One S? Probably one S. But Green Bart comes home and Homer's just like, oh, a little turpentine will get that out. Let's go out in the yard. <laughs> I love what he says. I bet Einstein turned himself all sorts of colors before he invented the light bulb. and finally Bart has to confess dad I'm not a genius I cheated but it was hard for me to confess because we got so close and Homer just looks at him and goes why you little the best part is (laughs) as he's chasing him Lisa's just like yeah I think Bart's stupid again (laughs) Marge is just like oh all right (laughs) just goes with it Uh, season one Marge was not good not that Marge really became the most interesting character, because she's the least interesting out of the whole family. But still, she's just... First she piles on with Bart calling her husband an ape. And now she doesn't care that her son is stupid. 
Oh, Bart, if you don't come out, I can't hug you and kiss you. Yeah, you think I'm that stupid? Everything's back to normal. And that's how we end Bart the Genius. So, quick question. After they realized Bart cheated on the test, did they ever turn around and go to Martin and be like, you should be in this school? He pretty much oh. he pretty much got the shaft. Because that's what you and get. he doesn't get the reversal of fortunes. He's just there at the class still. Yep. So, that's what you get <laughs> for being a schoolyard snitch, you little bastard. This Gotta is good go. stitches. So, uh, another animation issue with was the uh, the tub scene. You'll notice there's a lot of lip syncing off. That's because they just couldn't get it right. So, the version they sent to broadcast was their best attempt. Did you also notice when Bart's browsing the books, one of them is Homer's Odyssey? Which is the title of the next episode. And we have character debuts in this one. First big one, of course, was Edna Krabappel. Bart's fourth grade teacher who will be a staple on the show all the way up until the death of Marsha Wallace. When they officially wrote the character out. Martin Prince debuts as well. First ever Martin appearance, and before they flesh out his character and make him fun, he is just, ugh, just terrible. There was a Martin-ish looking character in the, in the Christmas episode, but it was not Martin. Right. Well, with the way the Christmas episode was written, technically Martin was already there, but he was mm. not prominent in it. Uh, this is the first time we meet the minor character of Richard who is basically just there as the flesh out so Bart can have more friends. He's never a significant character past that. He's less significant than Lewis is. You'll put it that way. Uh, Both of Martin's parents do appear in this episode. We would have met them more if if they included that scene. About him being dumb. Yeah, Yeah. but instead they're (laughs) they're just annoyed at the opera, at the family being obnoxious. Martin Prince Sr., and Martha Prince, because that's how cartoons do naming. And Dr. J. Lauren Pryor, who is a minor character, but does make frequent appearances in future episodes with more speaking roles and things like that. So he's not a complete one-off waste. But that's uh, that's Bart the Genius. Overall thoughts on the episode, Dan? Classic. Many classic moments. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's pretty good. It's uh, it's a good season one episode. It's It establishes a lot of character traits here. It establishes Homer's temper and relationship with his kids and frustration with them. Uh, it establishes Bart as being a troublemaker, but also reminds you that there are uh, consequences for his actions. So... <clears throat> But yes, that's all uh all big notes to come out of this episode with the uh the original the original intro that we see, uh, a couple of comparisons that I've read, the school's white instead of u- the usual orange. Um Lisa's saxophone is blue instead of its standard gold color. Uh this is something they don't fix until they got the HD intro, but Sherry and Terry are like twice the size of Millhouse. And I don't know if it's a perspective thing or if they just drew them bigger, but they're all in the same grade, so it almost doesn't make sense. And Marge is driving a red sedan, not the standard station wagon that would become her car. Other than that... Canyon Arrow. Canyon Arrow. But yes, 
Uh, I think it's a good... I think it's a pretty good episode. It's not the best season one episode, but it's uh, it's a good one to watch. It's it's a classic one. It's a good reminder of the old days of The Simpsons. So I would I would recommend it. I mean, then again, I would recommend most Simpsons episodes. But when we do get to some bad ones, I'll make sure I point out what I don't like about it. But yeah, average early episode. Um, the only thing that doesn't hold up well about these episodes is just the animation quality. The season one animation is still being fleshed out. And this isn't the worst example, but it's not a good example of the animation looking. <clears throat> lots of lots of animated shows had a, a yeah. lot of changes between seasons one and two. So. Uh, Family Guy is a good example. Um, King of the Hill. South Park is probably the best example. That animation only got way more sophisticated as the show went on. Um, Futurama, not really, because by the time Futurama comes out in 1999, they pretty much had their game plan of The Simpsons had been running for nine years, so they knew exactly what they were doing, and you don't really see a lot of changes there. But, I mean, a lot of stuff does. Even You watch the pilot episode of Rick and Morty and then watch the next episode, and you'll notice a couple of differences. Eh, just a common thing with TV shows, but a good... Mm. Doug, Doug, right? yeah. Skeeter was, was a different color that first episode. Oh, the worst is that Roger doesn't even have his friends. They're uh, they're just generic characters who never appear again. The official, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. First, I mean, Rugrats, good example there. Ren and Stimpy, a lot of those Nicktoons. Hey Arnold, the animation got more sophisticated. It happens in kids shows too. Even uh, Tiny Toons Animaniacs, even the Spielberg animated shows with the high budgets. You know, I, ca- I can't really go back to a lot of 80s cartoons because they pretty much kept their budgets the whole time. 80s cartoons were advertisements for dolls and action figures. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, good, ep- yeah. good fun episode of The Simpsons. The next Simpsons episode that we will review will be Homer's Odyssey with the uh, the big teaser, which isn't really... Much of a teaser, <laughs> but yeah, that'll be the next episode we review here on Stupid Sexy Podcast. Till that time, thank you for checking us out. Follow us on Podbean at CKCC Radio, and you can follow us on all social media platforms there and check out our other great shows. For you wrestling fans, Club Cafe Wrestle Talk is for you. That's me and Dan and our buddy Glenn reviewing wrestling each and every week. For paranormal fans, Real Ghost Hunter Jeff Trelowitz. Every bi- it's a bi-weekly show. And he'll give you real true stories about his experiences as a ghost hunter. You can check out Jay Bunny's Music Hub for you music fans out there. Jason Shin interviewing lots of talents in the music industry. And those episodes definitely vary in length depending on the conversation. And first Monday of every month, you can hear the Motivational Moves podcast with Adrian Cotton. Get you ready for your month and be the best you. Adrian's going to motivate you. That's all the plugs we got. We will see you guys next time on the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Say goodnight, Dan. Night, Dan.